the presence of God is here really strongly and uh, and uh, right at the beginning I felt the Lord come and speak to me that you know this is a time of breakthrough in God is using this place this is where the Lord is going to show up time and again And people even now are being drawn to this place to worship him because this is a place where God is exalted and lifted up. That it's not about man, it's about the Lord. And the Lord is the God of breakthrough. And breakthrough is coming. It's coming. The Holy Spirit is coming in power and love. We're going to see the sevenfold spirit manifest in this place. Oh, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah. Today, as Andy said, I'm going to talk about tabernacles. Well, before I start about tabernacles, I wanted to talk about the prophetic. You know, tabernacles is all about the prophetic. And understand what prophetic means is really, really important. And as I was waking up this morning, as I was in my tabernacle... Because we tabernacled outside yesterday, didn't we, Rachel and Rebecca? We saw, I saw the Lord just say to me, prophetic at the simplest level is alignment with God. The more we align with the Lord, the more we're prophetic with him, yeah? Because we're demonstration of what the Lord is and who he is. That is the prophetic. And people don't understand the difference between prophecy, the prophetic, and the prophet. But the prophetic, and you know what the prophetic is aligning itself, it's the remnant that's aligning itself with the prophetic most keenly right now. So, if I can get this to work, Andy, help me. Is it? Oh, it's not working on here. Mirror to mirror. Sorry. Um, so I'm going to talk about tabernacles today, but I just wanted to backdrop it and demonstrate that actually the whole thing is prophetic for us and for the church right now, yeah? And you will know that there are seven feasts of Israel, yeah? The first three occur in the first month, and they're to do with Passover, and it's Passover, the Feast of Eleven Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits, and then the Fourth feast occurs 50 days after the feast of first fruits, which itself falls on the day after the Sabbath, which is what it says in Leviticus 23. And so prophetically, the first four feasts have been fulfilled. And we're not the idea of today to go through why that is. But what is important is that the, the, the last three feasts take place in the month of Tishri. And you may or may not know, but there are two Jewish New Years. Before Exodus, chapter 12, the Jewish New Year started on the month of Tishri, on the first day of Tishri. And that was known as Rosh Hashanah. It's all know, also known as Yom Teruah, which is the day of the great trumpet. And there's lots of prophetic significance around that. Now, when uh, the, the Israel left Egypt to go into the promised land, the land of rest, speaks of tabernacles, um, it went through the wilderness. And um, 
I've lost my train of thought. Lord, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about the uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread. So, I can speak off the slides, actually, Andy. I'll do it like that. Is that okay? Because I don't need to do that. So, have you got a pointer? Is there a pointer? So, this is just a diagram explaining the feast with the 12 months of... um, of the uh, Jewish calendar and remember that the months are lunar months so they're 29 days one day and 30 days another which means that the Jewish year is 354 days instead of 365 days which means they're 11 days out per year so every so often every third year they used to add another month which is called Adar 2 but the important thing is that the feasts are basically on Nisan 1 They're the first three feasts, and then the um, Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost, is 50 days after first fruits, and you count the Omar for 50 days. And then we come round to the second group of feasts, which are the important feasts that we want to look at today, which is in the month of Tishri, and I've just remembered what I was going to say now. So what happened in Exodus chapter 12 was that uh, um, God removed the Jewish New Year six months. So instead of the New Year and, uh, starting on Rosh Hashanah, which is the first day of Tishri, it now started on the first of Nisan. Because if you read Exodus chapter 12, verse 2, you will say, and on this day will be the first day. And that's why there are two Jewish New Years, because in Exodus chapter 12, God moved it 12 uh, six months. So Rosh Hashanah is the civil new year, starts on the first of Tishri, and we had that a few days ago. Now, as Andy's already alluded to, the Feast of Tabernacles, guess what, starts when? Today. So the important thing that I want to talk about is the fact that the seven feasts are keys that reveal timing and patterns of the future. And I wrote some of these slides before I'd heard Andy talk, and I was amazed how lined up that they are on some of the uh, definitions of feasts. But, you know, when you read the scriptures, this is really important, is that there are different levels and different layers of how you can read the scriptures. So there is the first level, which is the literal interpretation. So the history of Israel occurred literally, for example. Yeah? Then there is another layer which is uniquely applicable to you and me. We can read the scriptures, you'll get the Rima word, the word of God, the prophetic word for me today. And this is God speaking to me. Yeah, that's the second layer. The third layer is the fact that everything you see in the Old Testament is a type or a shadow of the real thing. Yeah? And I would suggest that whole of history is written in the Old Testament, more than we can possibly imagine right now. Okay, And there are different layers of prophetic interpretation even of that. All right, So the prophetic interpretations of type and anti-type as disclosed in Hebrews chapter 12 by Paul when he says that the tabernacle was a shadow of the real thing. Did you know heaven was a picture of the tabernacle? That's what the Lord showed me some years ago. You know there's the outer courts, the holy place and the most holy place. Yeah? And so... There are then layers within layers, and it's so important to understand that. And none of us have the whole truth, because you see, God wants to use us as a body. Amen? 
So there will be truth, and there is truth released in this church, but there is truth released in other churches. And we all come to make the remnant. So none of us has the whole picture. So important. It prevents us from falling into pride. Yeah? How many churches where, where we hear, we are it? They fall, don't they? Yeah? Humble ourselves. We're called to be humble before the Lord. So we see the type and anti-type. And just as an example, and I know Andy's spoken about this, and there's also separately been a book written about this, but uh, if you look at the history of recent America to do with the Clintons, to do with Trump, you can see it in the scriptures around the time of Jezebel and Jehu, etc. It's there. To the day, everything is prophetically released. To the day. Did you know your life is prophetic for the Lord? Did you under, do you understand that? The day you were born is prophetic. And I recently uh, read Perry Stone on his life. And he'd kept a diary of his life. And there were incredible timings of specific particular events about his life that were actually so marked out in the days and the months. So the day you were born is the ordained God, sorry, the God-ordained day for you. It's so important, this, that destiny is over your life. You are prophetic. All that the Lord is asking you to do is be aligned with him. Because you're not of this world. You are in it, but not of it. Amen? So important, this. And the reason why you need to get a hold of this is because God is going to use you to bring the great revival. God showed me many years ago that the church had one last chance. What did you hear Andy say this morning? The church has one last chance to see revival. Why shouldn't it be here? God has spoken to me and told me it's going to be here. Yeah? So we need to hear that. And you are chosen of the Lord. You are God ordained by him to do the greater works. That is what is so important. So the fact that there are seven feasts is no coincidence. The date of your birth is no coincidence. I was born on the 2nd of January 1954. That was God-ordained, and I know why I was born on the 2nd of January. Amen? Well, I can say amen to that. Um, So the word seven is mentioned uh, many times in the Bible. It's so, so prophetic. And it's to do with completeness. Did you know the whole of the Bible, I've mentioned this before, is based on the number of seven? If you look at the last few chapters of Mark, just an example. Number of vowels uh, in those few chapters are a factor of seven. New constant, uh, number of constants, factor of seven. Number of new words not found elsewhere in Mark, factor of seven. It just goes on and on and on. There are 40 different ways you can quote those verses and see the number of seven. Even with modern computer technology, it's been worked out. You can't do it. This book is God-ordained. It's supernatural. It's released from time outside, or stuff outside time. So important. So everything we read is based on the number seven. Amen? And so the feast that we describe, and I'm doing this very quickly, is the fact that God, they're not feast, the, the Hebrew word means more festival or appointed times. They are appointed times. They're written in heaven. The sun and the moon are signs to us. That's why we need to see. So that's the opposite, by the way, to astrology. 
Astrology is counterfeit. It has nothing to do with the people of God. And I've met Christians who do astrology. It's of the devil. Yeah? Astronomy we're allowed to use because God put those stars there and he named them and we can look at them and see the signs and the, of the times. God ordained. And just out of interest, there are these um, holy days and there are 70 of them. Hmm, you surprised at that? 70. And they're high Sabbaths, I won't uh, go through that. Now, this is a concept I've been trying to explain. This was first said by who? Do you know anyone knows who? Augustine, actually. First person. The old is in... The new is in the old concealed, and the new... The old is in the new revealed. Oh, dear. Sorry, Lord. So this is exactly what we're talking about, the principle of type and anti-type. Yeah? So when we read about the four empires, for example, in Daniel in several places, yeah, these really existed, but they're prophetic for other things as well. We know that. We know the last empire is, is the Antichrist empire. And Midrash is what I've been trying to explain to you, is the prophetic fulfillment, that actually we are prophetic, that actually um, time goes round in circles. Think about that one. Just explain it simply. If you think about the earth rotating around the sun, gets back to the same place every year. Yeah? History repeats itself, if you heard of that. History repeats itself because it's prophetic. We are prophetic people. That's why the day of your birth is prophetic. That's why your life is prophetic. It's all speaking of what the Lord is, providing we don't drift away from the Lord. Amen? And here I'm just giving you examples of just how type, which means shadow of the real thing. And you all know the story of Abraham and Isaac and how it reflects what Jesus did. And I won't go through that. So the three, uh, and what I'm trying to demonstrate here is because I'm coming up to talking about tabernacles and talking about the prophetic significance of tabernacles, yeah? So Passover speaks of redemption, yeah? Why? Because the angel of death passed over. And actually the Passover is to do with welcoming the Lord over the threshold because he saw the blood. And then Pentecost is, represents the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then finally, Tabernacles speaks about resurrection of the body. Yeah? And entrance into the millennial kingdom. It's rest. It's what uh, the Jews did when they went into the promised land. You know when uh, the disciples went with Jesus onto the Mount of Transfiguration? What did Peter say? Let us build booths here. He saw... Yes, which is another word for tabernacles. He recognized the millennium. He saw Jesus in his glory. He saw Moses and Elijah appear there. What did he want to do? Rest. Tabernacle with the Lord. Tabernacling means living, abiding, resting in. All these things. So Feast of Tabernacles. Tabernacles is an amazing feast. Yeah? Today is the day, the first day of tabernacles. It lasts seven days. It's a day of huge rejoicing. And it has enormous prophetic significance. You may remember 
that in John 7, verses 37 to 38, Jesus, what did he say? Jesus stood up on the last and greatest day of the feast and said, Let him come to me and drink. Amen. That was on the last day of tabernacles. Do you know what he was doing there? On the last day of tabernacles, there was the water libation ceremony. Yeah? What happened in the water libation? This is amongst huge rejoicing. There were priests lining the 15 steps that went from the court of the women to the court of Israel. And they were on trumpet. It was huge rejoicing. Millions, 2.5 million people at some uh, people estimate. Quarter of a million sacrifices, yeah? You can imagine the, the, the joy. And it was huge joy. People didn't used to sleep. Water libation ceremony. What happened is the priest, the high priest would come down to the pool of Siloam. I talked about where the pool of Siloam is in, in one of my recent talks. He took a pitch of water. Where did the pool of Siloam draw its water from? The spring of Gion, the Gion spring, which speaks of living, fresh water. It was a spring. Incidentally, only gushes forced at particular times in the year. That itself is prophetic. Takes the water. Yeah, walks up the steps up to the sacrifice of burnt offering. There's another silver cup. This was a golden cup. This is a silver cup. Speaks of redemption and is filled with wine. Pours the wine into the water and tips it, encircling the altar of burnt offering. He encircles it, I think seven times, and pours it on. That's the water libation ceremony. Now that's against a backdrop of a huge four pillars, 75 feet high, where they poured oil into the top of these things for lamps burning. You could see them from the Mediterranean. Jesus says, a chapter later, chapter 8, I am the light of the world. They recognized Jerusalem as being the light of the world. As the priest was going up during the water libation ceremony, there were other priests waving willow branches, 25 feet long in unison, to blow the wind. They went, the priest went past a flute player known as the pierced one. Woo! See the prophetic in this? They go to the altar. Yeah, it's the wind of the spirit. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the river of life. Do you know we're going to be celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles in the Millennial Kingdom? Did you know that? Can you imagine? And do you know there's judgment on the nations that don't come up to the Feast of Tabernacles during the Millennial Kingdom? Yeah? So, I I, I tell you, I've had some downloads, and the Lord was speaking to me as I was speaking, and I I jump around a bit. There's stuff that the Lord wants to speak about. Anyway, I just want to read you out... Something I wrote in September 2004, and I'm going to talk about this. I I noticed it this week. The spiritual or supernatural realm is everywhere around us. I am learning that the eyes of the spirit are not the same as our natural eyes, and there is so much more for us in this realm, which is exciting and will allow the glory of God to be revealed. I am looking for self-ignition in our locality that will see a visitation of God and even a habitation that will take us to a new realm and paradigm of spirituality which will earth itself, earth itself as community transformation. I understand now what I was talking about. I didn't then. 
That was 14 years ago, yeah? Because you see, I've had revival on my heart for decades. I've seen the fire of God. I've seen it. I've tasted it. I've felt it. I've had a baptism of fire. I know what this is. But there's something more. What I feel I was showing there and seeing there was tabernacles. Because what I was looking for is Jesus tabernacling with me. Now you know the scripture says Christ in me, the hope of glory. You do? But you know, we've been dreaming about visitation. That's what I was dreaming about. But many years ago, one of the Kansas City guys actually said to me, Ian, we don't want visitation. We want habitation. Tabernacling. That's what I want. I'm desperate for you. And as we were praying this morning, I was seeing it. I've seen it. I've seen it. That the Lord wants to come here in habitation. Do you understand the seriousness of that? Do you understand that we have to be holy before him? There is no place. And Lord, please, please have mercy on me. There's no place for any sin in any of our lives. It is because we are called to be holy that allows the Lord to ha- tabernacle with us, to be, temp- to be pillars in the house of my Lord, yeah? To be a, te- a pillar in the temple of my Lord, Revelation chapter 3. And you know, for years, and he'll tell you this, for years I have talked about, oh Lord, I've talked about self, uh, I've prophesied and looked for self-ignition. Because you see, the British church has relied, can I say this, on the American church. Probably rightly in some ways. But you know, the days are going where we need big speakers. Please hear this in a, in a reverent way. Because it's going to start with you and me. Because we are going to tabernacle. Have you thought about the name of this church? The name of this church is Bush Fire. What have, been, be, what have we been learning to do in wild camping? We've been learning about self-ignition to light the fire. And what do we learn once we've lighted the fire? We never let it go out. We have no control over it, but we have to look after that fire and let it burn and let it burn. And let it burn. Because that is what brings the kingdom of God. So, just telling you a story. In my last church, yeah, I was there for 30 years. We changed the emblem of our church. Oh, Lord. I tell you, the Lord is here. I tell you, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, open your heart to receive him. Because God is a holy God. He is a divine God. If you need healing right now, just open your heart to the Lord. But we had as a sign in our church was of flames, number of flames. Because we called, we changed the name of our church. We used as an emblem a load of flames. And we changed the name of our church to Emmanuel, which means God with us. And at that naming ceremony, that's when I got baptized in fire. It was, um, I can't describe it.
Lord, have your way with us, Lord. Hallelujah. And it comes with what Andy's sharing, you know, about Isaiah 30 will shine seven times more brightly. That's the moon. That's the important sign. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you getting ready? Are you getting your life aligned with the Lord? Are you preparing yourself? Are you getting sin out of your life? Am I getting sin out of my life? Let me tell you something about Andy and Heidi. What you see here is what you see at home. Okay? They're open and transparent. That's why I like Christians to see me at home. My friends. Because they can say what I'm really like. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, Paso, um, sorry, Tabernacles speaks of the coming rain. The water libation ceremony is all about that God will bless the harvest. The harvest, yeah? And I've spoken before about why the end time revival will be the biggest harvest of all. I believe one billion people at least will come into the kingdom. Wouldn't that just be God? More people than have ever been in the church. You know, there's more people on earth right now who belong to the body of Christ or in heaven. Did you know that? God, we have no idea what God's got ahead of us, you know. We haven't begun, but my goodness me, is it exciting. Have tongues of fire on your head. I want to see the tongues of fire on your heads. I want to see them. God is tabernacling. He's coming. He's coming. There'd be great rejoicing. Great, great, great rejoicing. And you know, there is evidence that we are, as if I need to say this, but everywhere I look, there's so much evidence that we are in the end of the end, you know? Just the end of the end. Scriptural prophecies coming forth and Isaiah seems to be a very interesting book at the moment. You know, we've just gone, let me tell you, I think we've just gone through a season of Jeremiah. We're now going through a season of Isaiah. Think about that. Read Isaiah. Let your heart jump and leap and be filled with faith. I believe that's an Isaiah, an Isaiah time. Amazing. Amazing. As we go into tabernacles, this is something else that the Lord showed me. You go into tabernacles, when Jesus is tabernacling with you, it's not the seven gifts of the Spirit that we'll move in, it's the manifestation of the sevenfold Spirit that we will move in, Isaiah 11. Some people have moved in some aspects of the manifestation of the sevenfold Spirit. We're going to go up, up here. We've got to be ready for it, absolutely ready for it. You know, Hollywood... You know, we see all the movies of the Hollywood and all the kind of wrong side, but all this supernatural stuff on the wrong side, yeah? We're going to do... You know, if, if Hollywood can think of that stuff, and it may be tapping into stuff, of course, then, you know, nothing is impossible with God. So the church and what we'll be moving in is whew, much more than even that stuff. Think about that. And you'll be preaching in the Ukraine... At the same time as you'll be preaching here. That's right. And you will. 
You'll be getting up out of bed in the morning. You'll be in your prayer time. And you will find yourself the other side of the world. Because God needs his people to do that stuff. It's happening right now. And you'll come back. And you will be having the dust of the place you've been in. Just so that you know that my nurse who worked with me, lovely woman of God, yeah. She was, she had a couple of experiences. But one of them was, one of them was at work. Amazing. In her office. See, God can use you anywhere. I've had a visitation of angels at work. You know, do not separate the secular and our Christian life. It's all one. That's the Hebrew worldview. So she found herself alongside Jesus on the edge of a glorious sea with beautiful fishes. And as she was there, Jesus said to her, talk to the fish. Interesting, isn't it? Talk to the fish. And she said, Lord, am I really, really, really doing this? Is this, you know? And the Lord said, okay, back to her body. Wet feet. Back to be with the Lord yeah it's happening guys this is what the Lord he loves talking with us that's why all the stuff Mark Johnson taught us is so important are you practicing it are you really practicing it yeah because we're in a day of preparation we're almost past the day of preparation by the way let me just tell you yeah So in Isaiah 35, Isaiah 26, it talks about um, Israel being revived in terms of really its productivity. Now, south of the Dead Sea, they have found an underwater lake, which is absolutely massive. And Israel has started farming there. On the West Bank, when they started farming on the West Bank, let me just give you this quote. They're now producing 100 to 130 kilotons of tomatoes per acre, yeah, compared to the 20 to 30 pounds in America. The cattle are producing 4,000 gallons per year compared to the two and a half thousand gallons in America. See, when you align with the Lord, and this is prophetic fulfillment, because the Lord is getting ready for the harvest. And we need to understand this. Israel is God's time clock. Absolute prophetic time clock. That's why tabernacles is so important. We are going into a time of rest, into a time of new beginnings, into our own millennial kingdom. We're going to see the kingdom of God come. We're going to see the fire of God. We're going to see the wonder of God, the love of God. We're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles. Yes, the dark is going to get dark, and we've spoken about that. But let's focus on this. In some ways, you don't have to be a prophet to see the dark stuff, by the way. The sadness is the world sees it more than the, most of the church. <coughs> but we're part of the remnant. And uh, I just wanted to quote to you Isaiah 10. In that day, the remnant of Israel, the survivors, the, sorry, this is 10 verse 20. The survivors, of the, the survivors of the house of Jacob will no longer rely on him. That's... Uh, uh, a world leader who struck them down, but will rely, will truly rely on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return. 
A remnant of Jacob will return to the mighty God. Though your people, O Israel, be like the sand by the sea, only a remnant will return. We're called to be the remnant. It's through us that the Lord will deliver his final act on the world stage before it gets all rolled up. I want you to understand that you are chosen by him. And therefore that your urgent cry should be, Lord, tabernacle with me. Tabernacle with me day and night. That I'll be holy before you. Because what does it say in 1 Peter 1? Be holy just as I'm holy, quoting Leviticus. Yeah? There is no time anymore. Time is running out. Are we offering ourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to the Lord? I went through a time of praying that every day, offering my body, soul and spirit to the Lord. Do what you will with me. Dangerous prayer, by the way. You ready? You ready? Hallelujah. And this is what I want to just close with. The fire must be kept burning on the altar. You know, everything I doing and you're doing right now is just speaking of what the Lord wants to come through us. Yeah? All this while camping has spiritual significance. Go with Andy, please, if only to hear what the prophetic realm is saying. The church of Laodicea, it's the last church, current age church. It's the lukewarm church where the prayer is like the fire again. Interesting. Real incredible song. Released in 1994-ish. Light the fire again. Do you need the fire of God lighting in your heart right now? I tell you, he's here. He can do it. He can set you on fire and may you burn that there is nothing of the old self. Yeah? I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I do it by faith and so. Foolish and wise virgins. This was a talk I am meant to give. But I haven't given it yet. Are you a wise virgin? Or are you a foolish virgin? They're all Christians. They're all Christians. Have you got oil in your lamp? Ready for the time of the Lord. Yeah? It will be good for those servants who master finds and watch it when he comes. We're called to know the appointed times. Half and most of the church is asleep. Remember when the remnant came back out of Babylon. How many came back? 42,000. How many stayed back? Two million odd. Yeah? We talk about the remnant. Get the remnant into your spirit. Understand it. Know about it. Learn about it. Because we are going to self-ignite. Amen? Remember this church is called bushfire for a reason. Bushfires self-ignite. Amen? 
I'll tell you another interesting thing. I won't, I won't go into this because this is personal to me. But when I was looking at this, I came across a, prophet, a, a prophecy to me given around just before this time, I think, by one of the wives of the Kansas, one of the Kansas City prophets. I went to Kansas City. I think they had an incredible ministry. I think they had a purpose and a duty on this, a calling on this earth to, to wake the church up, yeah? They, are, they were an amazing group of people. Let me tell you, I, when I went there, just I saw love. See, what is, good, what is wonderful about this church is it's love. That's the thing. It's love. That's what Andy and Heidi constantly talk about. It's love, love. And I saw that in Kansas. They were about love. People got a little bit tripped up about the prophetic, but they were talking about love. Yeah? Love. Anyway, this... Um, this wonderful woman who was really... And the other thing about them, they were real. That's what I loved. There was no super spirituality about them. There was no legalism about them. They were real. She was real. She had to. She had seven kids, I think it was. Maybe she had only had five. Anyway, but uh, she prophesied to me. And I have forgotten about this prophecy. And let me tell you that I am currently working out that prophecy. I had no idea. I had no idea, prophesied to me 15 years ago. Look up your old prophecies. Look them up. And her husband then prophesied to me, incredibly encouraging. But it's not for self, if you see what I mean. It's to achieve destiny in the Lord. All of us have personal paths. All of us. All of us. So important. But we mustn't be individualistic. We must be interdependent. And one of the other things I felt about here is there will be people, Andy, coming from all four corners of the UK to this church. They will be. And they'll be staying overnight to, to come here. They will be desperate. They will be doing all that stuff. Yeah? And, and, and I just felt this morning that you have to be prepared for that. You've got to get yourselves ready. You've got to be ready to receive the next thing of the Lord. And it's going to be serious stuff. It's going to be exciting and joyful and all that. But it's serious. You are his people, holy before him. Yeah? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I just wanted to just make sure, yeah, I've just put, the atmosphere is, I wrote this this morning, the atmosphere is pregnant with God's presence. There are Rima moments when God will come and touch you. An angel will come and sit uh, or alongside you and stand and just touch you and minister to you. You know, for two things, to bless you and to allow you to fulfill your destiny. Those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Oh, it's so good. So thank you, Lord. Can we just stand up, would you mind? Hallelujah. Lord, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands up. But I'm telling you what to do. I'm just, you know, it's just a good way to be before the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we're a group of people here. We are remnant people, Lord. And Lord, want to thank you for the Feast of Tabernacles that starts today. want to thank you, Lord, that you will tabernacle amongst us. You will tabernacle with your people. We long for it, Lord. 
Lord, I know that some of us have to be prepared to lay things down, maybe to repent of stuff. That we have changed lives. If you need to repent or you need to say something to the Lord right now about your commitment to him, then please, please allow the Lord to come and minister to you right now. Because this is serious business. You'll never be the same again. Lord, we're in eager expectation for the days of the sons of God to be revealed. We can't wait, Lord, for the coming kingdom. Lord, 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 we ask you, Father, to come and fill us afresh with fire. Lord, we want self-ignition. Lord, by doing that, we mean we want to completely lay our lives down before you. We submit body, soul, and spirit to you. We become living sacrifices to you, holy and pleasing to God, which is our spiritual act of worship. Lord, we don't want to offend you. Lord, we want to behold your face. We want to walk into the most holy place through the blood of the Lamb. We want to thank you, Jesus. We want to thank you, Lord, for your death on the cross and resurrection, that we may have life. We want to thank you, Lord, that we're a chosen generation. And by the way, the other thing that the Lord spoke to me about this morning was if you're an older person here, then you are a pillar of the church of God right now. Your time is not over. You're going to be pillars in what is to come. Please understand that. And there are reasons for that. But God is going to use the older generation to haul the younger generation up for them to be slingshot into the greater things. Of course we will be in that. Lord, we ask you, Father, for downloads of revelation more and more. We ask you, Father, to give us dreams and visions as we come before you. Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Fill us, Lord, and fill us, Lord, to be enabled to do the kingdom of God, what the kingdom of God is doing. Lord, to do only the things that the Father is doing. Lord, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for the kingdom. I'm praying for that to enlarge. Lord, and for aggressive men to hold hold of it, to take hold of it, and women to take that which is not taken hold of yet, but to achieve the goal for which God has called us heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Lord, may we fulfill every second and every minute and every hour of what we've been called to. Lord, we don't want to fall short. Lord, we want to run the race. Lord, come and fill us with your presence in Jesus' mighty name. And they all went. Amen. Amen.